Robot yeah, go and for the it. bear. Robot and the bear, so bear, 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 robot and the bear. We should be warming up right about now. And the bear, 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 that robot thing's turning. and the bear. Okay. Robot yeah. and the bear, 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 robot Wow, look at all that stuff he has in the background. Robot I know. And okay, here we bear, go. Bear, 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 what the fuck is that? That's not us. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're live. Yeah. And we're live. What? So, <laughs> Robot and the Bear rides again, and we are live streaming. We're actually live and we're going to record, but we're also streaming live. Yeah, nice. Nice. Right, yes. We finally figured so, it out. Yes. <laughs> so we have um special guest uh Gerald Powell from um the he's a scientist at the Salk Institute, right? So you are a PhD and an MD. Yeah. But uh you're at the Salk Institute. So first before anything, tell us about what you do and what is the Salk Institute? The Salk Institute is a biological research institute and it was founded by this guy Jonas Salk. And he's the guy who came up with a polio vaccine. And then he did that when I think he was in Pittsburgh. And then he didn't patent any of it. So he gave it for free. And then this organization called the March of Dimes decided, you know, okay, at least we can give the guy an institute. And then the San Diego County gave the land and the March of Dimes got the money and they built this institute on the cliffs, on top of the cliffs in La Jolla, I think in 1960 or 1961. It's a beautiful building from what I see. Well, yeah, it's, it's a pretty nice place. It's like yeah. you can, uh, I'll, I can send you a picture of it. Cool. So what Actually, do you do there? On my, you on my, you if you go on my, on my Instagram, you see lots uh-huh. of pictures of the Salk Institute. And, and Instagram is, that's why I know it, because I've seen your Instagram. It's Plurster, P-L-U-R-S-T-R, correct? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, at, at P-L-U-R-S-T-R. So um, can you tell us about what you do at the Salk Institute? Well, I normally, I mostly work on other stuff nowadays. But, what other stuff? Well, I'm working on downloading the brain into a computer and using, um, doing neuroscience, computational neuroscience mostly. And we're try- taking basically movies of a brain of a fish for uh, basically a tiny fish larva that's about a couple millimeters long. Mm-hmm. And, but we can see every single brain cell and then we're trying to download it into a computer so it can spit out the same responses as the, as the real fish. So basically like downloading the brain. But wow. then this came up, but I had... Yeah, this meaning uh, COVID-19, right? Yes, COVID-19. Yes. And then the virus that causes it is SARS-CoV-2. So the disease is COVID-19. And the and the virus that causes it is like SARS coronavirus two, so like the cousin of the original SARS. And then it's like I had a background of like twenty years or so of doing virology, and we also do like gene therapy. So I just put the old skills to use now, and it's like that's basically. You know, that's basically what we're trying to do now. So we dropped everything else, like, I think mid-February. Mm-hmm. And then we started getting on this. So how did you start so, it? Like, the, your, um, I guess, to create a treatment or vaccine? Or which one is it? Is well, it actually, can, you can, it's both. Right now, it's like, it's like the, one, of the, one of the things that we're using uh, can only... So we're, we're trying to do two different things. One of them is just a purely a vaccine. 
The other one is more like a, something that can do both things. The question is like, we don't know how to use it properly yet. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're just trying to basically reprogram human T cells to rec instantly recognize and attack cells infected with the virus. So to clear them out, mm -hmm. there's these so-called cytotoxic T lymphocytes and we're using basically repurposing um, a technology that existed for cancer therapy for the purpose of antiviral therapy. But it's basically recognize anything foreign and then just get rid of it. The thing is like, if you normally go through your immune system, like, you're, like you have the flu, it takes you about five days to a week until the, your natural immune system comes up. If you were to have this, it would take you like less than a day to come up. So it, get, it buys you time until your natural immune system will take care of it. So you, are, mm -hmm. you just jump started. But it's all about, it's a race, right? So if you jump started a race, you're going to win and you're going to win faster. Count. Right. Hmm. Wow. So wait, how, like, how did you guys get started or how does that work where you're at? Are you allowed to just stop your other work and just jump right into something like this? And are you getting a government contract or how does it get started? No, we just use money that we had lying around. And then it's like, yeah, so we are trying to get money. Um, there's one person from Silicon Valley who has pledged to help us out a little bit. Has given us like 50K that's supposed to come tomorrow on Monday. So that's oh. weird. Is I mean, there you would think it's not just 50K, that it should be like millions of dollars going to this kind of research. Well, this, is, this will last us for like probably a month or so, you know, but if we want to make it, bigger and stuff like that probably we need it but i mean we're we start with whatever we can right right like we're like but it's like their whole whole bunch of like biotech companies and you know our basically material providers are basically the people who synthesize little things for us like synthesize the dna for us they have been like super helpful uh you they ask if you like if you work on COVID 19 they put you in the front of the line. They make things that happen normally in the two, three week range. They give us to maybe like five days or less. They were able to, you know, put us right in front of the line. And they're like being, they're very flexible who, where to deliver and all these kind of things. Because many times it's like, for example, your receiving department is out. So then maybe you have to have it go somewhere else. But that's kind of difficult because all these things work through purchase orders and have a lot of bureaucracy going behind, but they just cut right through it and just got it to us like right away. So it's kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so the one, one thing I was wondering too, is like um, you've heard that you were hearing that this was all going on. Um, how did you know that it was, this was going to become something that you needed to work on as early as mid February, because wow. that's still relatively early. Well, I knew something will, this was going to be a big problem, um, I think January 24th. So before that, it was very unclear what was going on. I think like very, like around, I think it was like around New Year's Eve, something came out saying that there are these unusual cases of pneumonia in Wuhan in China. Mm -hmm. And there was like associated with this, you know, with this market, this is like a seafood market, although that's only seafood market in name, it has all kinds of other stuff. Right. But 
initially it was like, okay, there's some disease that's that's associated with that market. It's unusual, probably something new. We didn't know what it was. And then a couple of days at the beginning of January, I think like around the 5th or 9th or something like that, then they identify as a coronavirus. And I was like, okay, this is like something serious because we had a we had SARS in 2003 and that was serious. But they were saying that it's like, okay, it's only seems to be like transmission from the, possibly from animals to humans, but doesn't seem to be human to human transmission. So you don't worry so much because like, okay, you close the market down, the source of the animals is there. So then that's the end of it, right? Right, yeah. But then January 24th, there was a paper by in Lancet the Lancet and New England Journal of Medicine are the two top journals in medicine. And Lancet had a paper, January 24th, describe a family who went to visit Wuhan. The family was from Shenzhen. Shenzhen is like next to Hong Kong, just across the Chinese border between Hong Kong and, and China, just on the other side of Shenzhen. And Shenzhen is like way bigger. It's like a super modern city. Yeah. It's like it's everything came up after 1985 or so. It's a special economic zone, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that place is like a super young industrialized and there's a family that went from Shenzhen to to Wuhan and went and they got sick. But it's like initially I forgot which member, but it's like they went to visit Wuhan and not everybody went to the market. I think there's like one family and an uncle or something like that went to the market and then got everybody else sick. So the other people were in the hotel. There had several rooms in the hotel and then travel back. And then one after the other started getting sick. And then it's like, okay, that means that the uncle who was at the market got it and then transmitted to the rest of the family. So now we have a problem. That's a big problem. Just as the first case that you see is a clear case of documented person-to-person transmission. And that was done by the uh, Hong Kong University uh, hospital in Shenzhen, some doctors reported that. So from that moment on, when that came out January 24th, then we knew this was serious. And they, they knew it was serious too, because when they actually documented this, I think it was like the beginning of January, I think January 9th or something. By the time they, I think, got the last record on the on the paper, they talked about January 15th. So this thing was published from you know, finish writing on the 15th at the earliest because the last piece of data was on the 15th until the 24th. So nine days to publish in a top journal is crazy fast. This is like, this doesn't happen ever. Normally, if you have something published, it takes like a year or two years until from the time that you finish, submit the paper, the people review it, so on and so forth. That takes like easily a year. And this thing in nine days, it was out. So wow. people knew this was important mm. and had to get out fast. So when it came out, it was like only at that moment, everybody realized, okay, this is something serious. The next question was like, are they going to be able to control it? And you know, it's like, and I think it was January 23rd, the day before is when China had already sealed off Wuhan. Oh, wow. So, you know, it was like, they actually moved relatively fast. They were really slow at the beginning. And it seems to be mostly because the local officials w- didn't want to have bad news to the central government. Of course. So they yeah. kind of suppressed it. But then apparently the central government was like majorly pissed that they were suppressing this. 
because the Chinese had like learned from 2003, they had an automatic reporting system throughout the country. And it's basically like anything that happens at every hospital gets automatically reported. They had a, they had a network of observation things that get reported. But the thing is like, all the doctors were kind of, you know, deferring to the local government. So then it's basically the stuff that that's basically supposed to be a foolproof system of monitoring got broken by the local politics. Mm. So then it didn't get reported. Well, it's kind of happening that way here, don't you think? You know, with wow, the states. Here is like, here was, was, was worse. Here was worse. <laughs> and here was worse because we knew it and didn't do anything about it forever. <laughs> so that's like, that's on us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the CDC also has like, um, so I had like uh, quite a few friends at the CDC in the US CDC mm -hmm. that's based, you know, the based in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And there they have had, as you know, since I was undergrad, at least that I know of, probably before, they had basically a permanent, permanent staff in southern china to monitor flu so basically though every year you have like your seasonal flu right so you get a flu shot but how do you know what so which strain of flu to include in the flu shot is figured out mostly by the people who are sitting in china figuring out which are the flu strains that are going to come up so the reason flu strain comes up is always is always almost always starts in china really well, yeah Wow. So the wow. reason is because China has a lot of ducks and a lot of chicken. <laughs> we like our ducks. ducks. We yeah, like our ducks. Exactly. Yeah. So the largest population of like so so the new strains come from ducks and chickens, occasionally from pigs, mm -hmm. but mostly from the ducks. Mm -hmm. So they actually have to see, okay, which is the dominant strain that's coming up now? And then they pick those and they tell the manufacturer to make mm -hmm. it. So they guess like for the next season where it's going to be. So they Wait, have so to it, sit in China and monitor the ducks. So is influenza, wow. I mean, or the flu literally kind of rooted in birds? Yeah, it's the birds, pigs, but the largest source of the thing is in, in birds. Oh, so that's why, that. that's why they had like forever, like a, a station, CDC had a station there. Mm -hmm. And then gives like some of the big companies like Sanofi, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you know, is basically Sanofi and, and they, wow. and, and then they give the, they give this kind of thing to, to these companies and then, um, they manufacture, they pick out the, you know, a, a handful of strains and they pick those, manufacture those and then, uh, get them out to. Wow. That's how it know. works. That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, anyway, like, so China, for That's example, so doesn't benefit for a flu shot because it's too late for them. Right. Mm. Wow. But, oh, that's crazy. So flu shots are Asia based in general, China. That's not going to benefit from a flu shot. But the, the Western world, like Europe, the US, we benefit from a flu shot. Mm. Interesting. That is so interesting. let's fast forward. Um, the reason why I was like, one of the reasons why I was like, oh, we got to talk to Gerald is because you have this picture of you holding a vial and a vial looks like it's filled with sperm. <laughs> but but yeah. you wrote something about it might become something i forgot the text on there uh anyway it's basically you, like it's a it's a it's a sort of yeah. like a prototype for a vaccine 
Yeah, you wrote, maybe the first chimeric antigen receptor lentiviral vectors against SARS-CoV-2, right, yeah. which I only right, recognize well, words. Well, I don't know what any of that means except for like maybe, the word maybe. I'm good with that one, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> most everything else, well, I'm maybe just like, I don't know if anybody else is It looks important. That. It looks really important. So, um, yeah, can you tell us more about that? Like, Well, what's... it's basically like, it's, it's what you mentioned earlier, right? It's going to... Yeah, it's trying to make a vaccine, but we have like two different... So lentiviral vectors are basically... Uh, they're based on HIV. Mm -hmm. So uh, HIV is, you know, is the virus that causes AIDS. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I did my PhD in the lab that converted HIV into a tool that you know for gene therapy so gene therapy is basically a you convert the virus gut out all the bad parts that cause the disease in it and just make it something that can transport genes into cells so that's basically like the hiv was re-engineered to be a tool for gene therapy so for example this has been very successful for it um you know um some of the blood diseases like thalassemia where you get blood red blood cells because they're missing a form of, you know, of hemoglo normal hemoglobin. And then you put a good version in and you get into the cells and then you can cure the disease that way. Or you can actually have people who have like hemophilia and stuff like that. And then um, you can also cure, you know, diseases that way. So that is basically, um, that is sort of like, the, this is sort of like, uh, this, is, this is sort of, uh, the kind of thing that the technology allowed you. But then um, a bunch of years ago, people started using for also for, um, so if you want to put a gene into a different organism and use a virus to carry it, this is basically what you use. And then this has been like a big industry also for cancer therapy. So Novartis has a treatment for leukemias and lymphomas, which is kind of a blood cancer that is based on these lentiviral vectors. These lentiviral vectors carry uh, instruction to the to your basically to your immune system to go attack certain things, and it tells you to attack the cancer cells. So wow. we're, we're actually trying to do like uh, so we're we're actually making things that are kind of vaccines just to produce the things to for the and to the to the immune system to attack, and that's basically what we're trying to. So make. how did you know how to start? You know, it's kind of an abstract idea in a way, right? Or, or is this abstract to you? Well, you know, for, the, for me, it's not very you, abstract. It's like, I mean, I... But you I just mean, had to use something that you kind of already had. And basically, do basically, it and... Yeah, I wanted to make something uh, that would be immediately practical. So then it's like, um, I would use components that would be easily approved by FDA and stuff like that. So all these, you know, drugs normally have to approve by the Food and Drug Administration. So they have like certain very stringent requirements of what can be approved and what cannot be approved, right? And normally it's test safety and they have a regular clinical trial. But if you use components that are completely new, each component has to be has to be tested. So basically we just took the things like, okay, we wanna put as little new as possible and we're just gonna use the components that already exist. And we re-engineer them, re putting as few new components as possible to make uh, something that can be like easily 
easily approvable and still serves the function. So basically that's this kind of thing. This is the kind of general approach that we- So wait, so the therapy of using HIV, uh, like the shell of an HIV virus to yeah. insert new kind of- um, So has been approved and has also used in multiple clinical trials. I think there are hundreds of clinical trials around the world doing mm-hmm. that. So there are certain like a lot of childhood diseases. There's also like that, that bubble boy disease that you have no <laughs> immunity. Oh, wow. So that bubble <laughs> boy disease. I John Travolta as the bubble boy. Yes. <laughs> so that now can be cured by that. Is the, does the bubble boy disease even still come up? Like I haven't even heard about that. Yeah, heard of it's it. like they call X-Kid. Yeah, and for example, they're, they're like the first case that there was that was cured is with a related other retrovirus that was, the, that was done by a group in France. Oh. But they had a problem with the, the first versions of it. They did it not quite right. So, I mean, the kids would be dead otherwise. Right. They would not survive very long. Mm-hmm. So I think like one or two kids that they try to cure out of maybe, I forgot, something like six to eight or something like that, got leukemia from the treatment itself. Oh. So, but six of them were okay, but two of them were not, mm-hmm. something like that. And then... They redesigned it and made it better with the HIV one, which which made it better. And anyway, people have been like fine tuning it, and now it's working pretty well without the undesired leukemia. Mm. Wow! But, so, um, yeah, your what what is this, what is this called? Your vial of Gerald jizz. What is that? Thing? <laughs> what, what is? Do you guys have a working title for it, or how does it's that a, work? Well, this like this, basically this is a something called lentiviral vector. Like the class of viruses that are that uh, that are used are called like lentivirus, like includes HIV. This one is based on HIV, and it's like this is the type of vector. There was like a similar type of vector called retroviral vector, and this one is a lentiviral vector. So the the advantage of the lentiviral vector over the retroviral vector is like um, retroviral vectors can only infect carry genes into cells that are dividing. And lentiviral vectors can carry things into cells that are not dividing if they're not growing. The majority of cells are not growing. You know. Okay. When this you're is... yeah, so that is like <laughs> you completely. So that's lost basically me. like yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Retroviral vector was we love kind of limited. Science is sure of... cool, but we don't. I, I'm like, I don't understand most of science. So, mm-hmm. well, it's basically like <laughs> you can use it for very limited things. With the old version called the retroviral vector. You can only use it for very specific applications and very few cells because they were, these were basically very few cells in your body are dividing as an adult or even as a child, very few of those are growing. But uh yeah, but it's like a lentiviral vector can essentially go into any type of cell. I see. So then I see kind of (laughs) (laughs) question as you're working on this, how do you know that it works? Like you're, did you oh, we have to come up with own? tests to test this thing in, in, in like in your own building, right? Like you've already yeah. done tests. Well, we're working on that. Yeah. Not, we see. are, we're like once first, will you make it right? You have to, mm-hmm. yeah. As anything that you engineer, you first, you have to make something. But how do you know it's, you're even on the right track? You have to test it on. Yeah. Something. Yeah. So that's why is, is there lab rats it, yeah. or something or are you using so rats? Or? Things, like for example, like one thing that you can do is like, okay, you want to, as a vaccine, that what you do is like you inject this into the, you inject this, and then after you inject it, 
into into the animal and then you after a few days you check do they make antibodies against it and then you basically i say okay if i take some blood of the of the animal after a few days and then mix it with the virus can the virus still go into cells if it can no longer to virus if the virus can no longer go into cells that means that okay the immune response that you generated blocked you know blocked the uh block the virus. So you know that's like what you call an effective, you know, you have an effective, um, so we're working on that. But you didn't test it on rats or anything yet or? Oh, uh, that birds or I think to do that. Okay, so, that so do you get your own vial or, you know, like do you get an, do you get infected animals or how do you get to that stage of testing it? Oh no, we, those are we actually make and sell culture. So we grow cells Right. So, okay. So you, but you, so you don't have your cells, own. COVID, you don't in, have your own DNA in. Huh? You don't have your own vials of COVID that you can actually inject into a rat and then deal with your, and then test. Well, we're using out. a COVID surrogate. Like we're using oh. a, a basically some genes of COVID and see that can attack those genes. Oh, I see. Mm. So yeah, because it's like in uh, COVID, if you want to use the SARS-CoV-2, the the virus, then you actually have to do this in biosafety level three plus. And then what's that? So yeah, actually, you you can. There are government sources that you can obtain it from. Oh, I see. Mm. So yeah, but there are there are people up the street that have it running, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that we will uh, you know that we, you know that we uh, we will probably collaborate with them to work on this. Wow. So what's your timetable on this? To hopefully, if it, you know, to get it through testing. A couple of weeks, I think maybe we can actually say in a couple of weeks, we can say, okay, this works. Mm-hmm. And then we probably have to figure out how we uh, scale it up and how you want to produce it, how get approval and all these kind of things. But first, like as soon as we, we can prove that this works and then we can actually get, we probably have to find some kind of industrial partner who can produce it at scale. But will you become a billionaire if it works? No, because I already don't, I don't, I'm not planning to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not planning to make money of this. It's like, yeah, this it's the Salk Institute, right? Oh, you okay. follow the same we're, ethos. We're trying, of... we're trying to see like, we're, we're just basically, mm-hmm. you know, try to, you know, that this is, this is the thing. It's like, so many of these therapies are super expensive. We just want to try to make them cheap. We have to make them also like cheap enough that you can use it at scale. Like oh, I mean, use, I was wondering if you get a, if it works, does somebody just give you a big bag of money? <laughs> you know, oh, like, that's up to somebody who give you know, me a big bag of money. Like, 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 like you know, it's kind of like a, a, a person this thing out there. Like that. But it's like, person you know, out there is, goes, thank you. You know, well, here's a. Doesn't the, well, I mean, you, you were telling the story about Salk who developed the polio vaccine. Does the Salk Institute kind of follow the same ethos of um, like kind of giving these therapies you know to the public you know to or is it just the name well i don't know it's like i i don't deal at that level i'm just the scientist <laughs> so <laughs> these are decisions above my pace pay scale this is like this is like i mean i i don't deal with any of this i'm just the scientists in the trenches doing my own stuff so how do you know that there's not 10 other scientists doing this exact same thing right now well you know there are there's probably hundreds of scientists doing this right now. There, there are people trying different things, but it's like, I mean, I, I kind of try to do the things that were like not so obvious mm. and addressing some of the problems. And and it's like, and, and this is not, cons- that what we're drawing is generally not considered a low-hanging fruit. 
Mm. So, I mean, we, we thought through the, through the immunology of the whole thing and what seems to be the, the problem with the virus and the, the type of thing. The one of the problems that, for example, the conventional approaches of, we didn't want to try any of the conventional approaches because we know that people tried against other coronaviruses like SARS. And there was another one called MERS, which is Middle East Respiratory Syndrome that people got from camels. It was mm. also pretty lethal. Wait, they ate camels? No, 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 no. They didn't eat camels. People had camels like in Saudi Arabia. And then it's, it's basically originally a bat virus that somehow got into camels and the camels transmitted to humans. And since humans are in close contact with camels, we're getting it from camels and it's called MERS. I mean, mm. it's not only from camels, but that was basically like the distant cousin. So SARS is sort of like the cousin and then the MERS is sort of like the distant cousin of, mm. of SARS-CoV-2. So both of those were like serious diseases of, that are from coronavirus, but they were not super transmissible. And, and SARS was very manageable because people only started transmitting it when they became symptomatic. So you could just screen everybody for fever and then you can just get everybody who was transmitting. The problem is like this guy is like, you know, two and a half, maybe three days before you become sick, you're already transmitting. So mm. then it's like, you cannot use the simple fever screening as a way to, you know, quarantine people. So that's why it became, it's sort of got perfect storm this kind of thing. Mm. And, what do you think about that Georgia governor who claims just <laughs> I was the just other thinking day? Of that. Yeah, he claims just the other day he <laughs> found out that it's communicable without having symptoms. And it's ironic oh, that the CDC is in like, Georgia. He's not very well informed. The, the, the most amazing thing is like uh, CDC is in Georgia. Yeah. Is Atlanta. Mm. Yeah, I learned That's that from World like War a, Z. He's not getting good advice. What can I say? This is like, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's busy being the governor and stuff. But, you know, I mean, he is, whoever's advising him is not advising him very well, I think, because, you know, you should know these things and, and it completely changes, you know, what you can do. And we know, for example, I mean, all this has been happening so fast. I've never seen an, any kind of epidemic where people investigated this thing like so fast. And you know, traditional publishing models have not been, cannot be followed because this thing is so important and is so wide reaching that people have been randomly posting stuff online. And there's like, and this is like the problem is like, there's, there's like a lot of crap out there. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to know what information is reliable and which information is not reliable. So that's been a challenge. So that's where I step in <laughs> because like I've been like in just diving deep into like the weird shit of this, uh, of all of this on, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the questions, okay. So one of the things that I heard and I was, I wanted to ask you about was this uh, issue with um, blood type, like A, B, A, B and mm. um, O. So there's a report from China that came, that is like the, zero or O blood type mm -hmm. is less susceptible than AB. So AB is like worse and like, mm. I don't know, this is a report and it's like a single report. It's okay, doc is like, it's basically, it's a basically just people just look, the numbers look worse with this. Mm. It was like, so, I mean, no, 
for me, it's like, I, I think it seems it's possible, mm -hmm. has not yet been reported by anybody else. Mm -hmm. Because normally in science, you have like, okay, one person observed it, gets the information out there. It's and there's a bunch of right? other people can confirm it over time. Yeah, it's peer reviewed, that, kind of. Is that what it is? Uh, I think I, as I saw it, it was a preprint. I didn't see the review. So now there's the places that there are these called preprint servers, like mm -hmm. BioArchive or Archive or Chem Archive or Met Archive, where people put their papers before they're accepted. Oh, I see. And they put it there. You know, a scientist in the field will be able to look at it and judge, okay, this is something good or something bad or which parts are good, which ones are bad, because you have this training that allows you to judge the stuff. But, you know, anybody, and the only, they do a minimal review is basically, they say, okay, they make sure that you're not putting anything that's harmful out there or conspiracy theory kind of thing, or that there's actually, that seems to have real data. And then, uh, you know, that this like looks like a real science as opposed to complete trash, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the minimal review they have. If it's basically like a conspiracy theory kind of thing that is like, oh, this was like, this virus was made by some bioterrorism kind of thing and kind of like make, make stuff up that is not backed by any data, people are not going to allow you to put it up there. Well, you're but, saying great because like my, the next thing I heard was, that basically um, before Christmas uh, in China, there was uh, there were ads going up, you know, um, like looking for help at a bio research lab very close to the mar uh, the market in Wuhan that was yeah. apparently researching coronaviruses and bats, you know. And yeah. there's well, there's there's a, a there's a there's a really famous lab there. There's a right. really famous and, lab called. Wuhan uh, Institute for Virology or something like that. Right. So they have a virology institute in Wuhan mm -hmm. that is like, that was famous. Actually, they are the ones who were first found the closest relative of this virus. And at least one of the authors was from there that is like found in some cave in, in some bat in a cave in, in China, maybe like two years earlier, I think 2017 or so. Well, apparently, like, I think that the conspiracy theory is that the virus did not come from a wet market, but maybe from the oh. Institute, you know, and so, yeah, yeah, I the saw some Chinese government has been aware of this the entire time and just kind of, you know, put the blame on the wet markets when they had to and, you know, stuff like that. Because there was a patient zero that worked at that Institute who has been kind of scrubbed from the um the books blah 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 etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. well it's like <laughs> well one one thing that we know for sure so there's a paper that analyzed this hypothesis that's been out there that people put that it was engineered or somebody put this virus together artificially mm -hmm. so there's a paper in nature medicine that actually analyzed this Mm -hmm. And then look at how this thing was, how would anybody engineer something like this, given the knowledge that you had from SARS, mm -hmm. and given the logic knowledge that you had. And it's basically like everything that this virus has done to change itself is not consistent with people would, the way people would engineer. So there's no real evidence that it's engineered and it's much more similar to this thing. We can mm. not say that is like it, it was 
and also it doesn't look like anything that escaped it's not like directly from something that we know of mm -hmm. it's like different enough that we think that is natural and there's actually like, it's been like two or three papers that conclude the same thing that have been like with through careful analysis show that this thing looks like something naturally evolved. It doesn't right. look like anything engineered because when you engineer stuff, you leave a little bit of, um, you leave a signature behind. Like say right. when you, for example, if you were to build something, you have, for example, certain type of screws or certain things to put things together. Right. When you genetically engineer stuff, you leave a little bit of stuff behind. And these and the, and the signature of how you put it together is like it can be seen in there, and mm -hmm. none of the stuff is there. So we really don't think that this is uh, this is. Um, I think the uh, conspiracy uh, I heard was had not didn't say that it was engineered by the lab, but rather it was transmitted to a human through maybe some lab mess up blood being spilled, blood, urine being sprayed, whatever. Well, and if it's then... urine, then it's probably not because we, we're seeing that the urine doesn't seem to have any virus. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah. but Poop basically the, the conspiracy is that the government knew about this the entire time and like just didn't act on it, kind of like how our government is. Well, I think it's like it would be very stupid to, to deal to shut down your own country like that. I'm sure economically certainly doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I think the yeah. reason why, they, I mean, they shut it, they, you have to shut it down once it goes out of control, right? But yeah. like, you so, know. It, yeah. So Canada has like a biosafety level four lab that had basically a spill, mm -hmm. but it's like they, because of an accidental discharge, mm -hmm. and then it's like, and they, you know, they very quickly fix the system so these things cannot escape so easily. I mean, like um, after 9-11, the CDC also upgraded the security before the CDC was not so secure mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that it was secure. Like if you went to the front door, mm -hmm. but for example, if somebody came with a helicopter to the top floor and mm -hmm. came down from the top floor, it was yeah. not very secure from that direction. So oh. they, after 9-11, people started, started thinking about these things and then uh, secured like the US CDC because they had a virus that was like super, super dangerous called smallpox mm, right. and smallpox like there's no immunity in humans anymore because since the 1980s or so nobody's been vaccinated against it that's oh. one virus that was exterminated from the face of the earth by humans mm -hmm. it exists in two places mm -hmm. one is like in the cdc in atlanta mm -hmm. and the other place is in uh, a lab in novosibirsk and in, in the in russia Oh, so they keep those and you know those those two things, two two samples, authorized samples in the world of that virus, exist in these two places, and that is a way deadlier virus than this. That virus right. is like thirty five percent lethal to humans. Wow, and it actually it's uh, and it transmits through the air way more efficiently than um, than this one. So, for mm. example, the last case was a that was ever documented after it was exterminated in the wild was an accidental infection in a hospital mm. and it's basically somebody who's working on this virus in the in the hospital in london mm -hmm. and what happened the virus got out because the containment was bad and the it killed uh it killed a journalist who was there interviewing oh. people <laughs> went up to the second floor through the through the air vent 
to the patients upstairs and killed some people upstairs. So there's a handful of people who died from that incident of this thing escaping. Um, what year was in, that? 1978. Wow. The mm. year after it was eradicated from the wild, they actually had basically, they brought a journalist and just want to show the journalist and ended up killing the journalist. Oh my God. Jeez. Oh, so, so is it true yeah. that um this uh, COVID-19, is it, is it true that it's infecting men more? And if so, why? Ah, so that's an interesting thing. So early on, people found that there was like, uh, it's infecting men more, but it seems, so there's basically, there's a, there's, I think it's like a, it's something like around two to one ratio of men to women, where especially they were like not infecting more, but it seemed like they were like the serious cases where like the men were doing much worse. What turns out is like, it seemed to be even more biased towards smokers than men. And it's because men smoke more. It seemed to be like, you know, you pick it up to see it like there's more men are getting infected because more men smoke. And not only that, they found that the receptor, basically how the virus enters the cell, that molecule actually has much higher level. Once you start smoking, that ACE2, you know, receptor for the virus, how the virus gets in, you have many more of those molecules on the surface of your lung cells. Mm. Oh, probably related to that because now, <laughs> yeah, so now it's like people are thinking in other places where there doesn't seem to be such a large number of smokers, that is, does, does not seem to be, the bias seems to be much less. Oh, yeah. So, what about vaping? Has there been any studies about vaping and related? Because that's different than. Ah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Was like, there are some conspiracy theories of people thinking that vaping, the how the damage in the lung of the people, uh, the vaping damage that people had like last year, mm-hmm. where they uh, was similar to this, but this is all BS. So oh. yeah, I, I, yeah, people have not really looked carefully at vaping and ACE two, as far as I know. Right. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the way people do the experiments <laughs> are really weird. Actually, you actually have to. You take a like a wad of cigarettes, and then have a smoking machine and get the smoking to like monkeys or stuff like that. So you have the monkeys were literally smoking like a thing like this, like maybe like twenty cigarettes and like like that. Oh wow, that's like really weird. The other the mouse ones I've seen is like they actually. Um, so you have a mouse cage that's completely closed. And then you take a whole bunch of cigarettes and like a basically a like a suction thing for that smokes automatically. Just pumps the smoke into the pumps uh... the smoke into the into the cage of the mice. See, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that is <just> so, yeah. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that's how people get tested. Otherwise, you cannot deliver the the smoke into the lungs of the mice. But it's like, I mean, the the mice are essentially having like you know secondhand smoke. Right. Well, you know, I mean, like, I think, uh, I don't know, like, I, I, I would actually love for there to be tests on, you know, like vaping, just because, you know, I, there, there are a lot of big question marks, you know, over, like, you know, just how bad this is, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, I think people are trying to figure it out. I mean, mm-hmm. people only start paying attention to this, like last year. Right. Yeah. yeah. Before it was like, people just, you know, 
didn't really look very much into it. And also like, I mean, after, you know, after like tobacco stuff started ramping down, like when people smoking less, I think the amount of, as far as I've seen, like the amount of research that's gone into tobacco has gone down. And I think it's like, there has been not much funding for research into vaping, but I think there will be some now as of last of year. Mm. So with related back to COVID-19, yeah. as a scientist, what's going to happen? Well, <laughs> this is a good question. So yeah, I think at this point is like what's probably going to happen because given, so, you know, like we have seasonal flu, right? So the reason we have like more flu, there's a flu season. And the reason there's a flu season is because like winter when you actually have low humidity and lower temperatures, the transmission is better. And then people are hoping, there are a lot of people are hoping that, okay, maybe this virus is also the same. Other coronaviruses that are kind of cold type coronaviruses, they are, they actually are also seasonal. So there's like a fraction of the cold viruses are actually, uh, are actually other types of coronaviruses. They're very, very distant to the, to the SARS-CoV-2 but they're also coronavirus and they're seasonally driven. So people are hoping that, okay, maybe once it becomes warm, when we hit the summer, then this, this is just gonna automatically disappear because the transmission is gonna be bad. It's gonna go extinct by itself. And that's, that's probably gonna happen. But what we're seeing in Australia seems and New Zealand, which are having their summer now and it's getting transmitted anyways, seems to suggest that, okay, maybe this will be here for good mm. it's like and then eventually when you have 60 to 70 percent of the human population infected and then the infected people when they recover they have like an immune memory mm -hmm. basically like for example if you have you know many diseases that you have at once you will have it only once and you a chicken pox type of thing yeah exactly like chicken yeah. pox or or measles you know, once you have it once, you'll never have it again. Mm -hmm. Then you have immunological memory. And then it's like, you can never be infected. So then it's going to be a, become a disease of childhood. So basically you're going to have, once enough children are born that have never seen this virus, this will be able to transmit in bouts related to the population become big enough to be transmitted and maintain the transmission. So you're going to have epidemics periodically every few years or something like that. But what about the cases of people getting the disease twice? Ah, so that's not clear yet. So there are reports of that mm -hmm. and there are quite a few reports of that. So I don't know whether that's a problem in the testing. So the testing is not perfect. So let's mm -hmm. say you got tested and then you, you show a bunch of times as negative and then it comes back. But what is most worrying is a couple of cases in Chinese healthcare workers because they're monitored really well. And they also know more or less when they got sick and which events they got sick because they kind of, it says, okay, ah, oh, this time I didn't put my mask on right. Or like, oh, this time I actually touched the patient. Mm -hmm. and so they can actually have a pretty good guess of when they got infected. Mm -hmm. So they can know they were tested a lot also. So it disappeared for a while and it came back like weeks after. So it's either they got infected again or they never got cleared out completely. 
So basically, it could be like you cannot distinguish those things very easily. Whether basically you had like a low amount of virus that you couldn't detect and eventually came back. And we have a disease, a coronavirus disease, and cats called feline coronavirus. And that one, a good name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's simple. It describes what it is. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah. So that that disease is also really interesting. And in that is like you know, the feline coronavirus will, um, you know, basically infect the cat for its entire life. It's it does. It's in the gut. Of the of the cat and never gets cleared, so that's why you call it persistent infection. A persistent infection is an infection that lasts for the lifetime of the animal. And there are mm. lots of viruses like that. So the human herpes simplex virus one, mm-hmm. which is basically HSV type one, which causes you a cold source, mm-hmm. they just live in your nerves for your entire life. Right. Every once in a while, when your immune system is weak, you it'll pop up and then you get a cold sore, right. and then it'll go away and then it doesn't bother you. So right. viruses that evolve with their host for a long time, they tend to become very mild. Mm. So the long-term kind of thing is going to be the virus is not going to cause very much disease. Mm. You mean Initially, COVID, when a virus COVID. jumps species, yeah. it causes a really strong disease, mm. typically, but then it becomes milder over time. I've heard, do you think there's... Oh, go ahead, Luke. Uh, I was just saying that like, I've already heard that there's two different strains of the COVID-19 uh, virus. Oh, yeah. Oh. Can you explain that? I've heard that too. So yeah, so that there seems to be there seems to be uh, there seem so genetically you can so now people have sequenced over three thousand genomes of this virus, mm-hmm. like all over. And let me show you in a second here. So do you think back to your previous? If you don't, I don't know if you can multitask easily. Um, oh, yeah. I was wondering if. Uh, okay, go ahead. So okay, you can see like they're like it's like Tetris. Yeah, it's like basically these are all the all the varieties of viruses that we know as of today. Right, and then you can see a branch here. This is like one type, and that's another type. So you can see they kind of branch in two different parts. Right. So. That is like suggesting that maybe it's better to show it this way. It's easier to see. It's easier to see this way. You can see. Mm-hmm. You can see your left and your right. Mm-hmm. Right? So like there, right. there are two types that evolved. Wow. So yeah, we don't know whether there's like a a big difference between the two. But it's like, yeah, that we can we can observe there are two types, but it might be just because they are two types because they have a small change and historically it's like basically okay all the ones that went to this to europe for example are of this type and all the ones that went to north america are of this type and then mm. but it doesn't significantly make a difference you know not a functional difference like they don't behave essentially different then it doesn't matter that they're different when can you get and one of are, each hmm? when can you get one of each or yeah. basically yeah i mean like, like for example like if you see like the colors here that i show you like yeah. for example the red corresponds to north america the green corresponds to europe the purple is like asia so you can wow. see like 
where we actually have, uh, there's a, basically a very clear North American branch, but they're also the, very close to the Chinese ones, but the European ones are largely on this side, but it's not completely clean. Wow. So in the US, we actually have strains from all over the world. America. They have come from yeah. all over the world. We're the melting pot. No, it's yeah, the, it's the, Initially, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the curry from the world. It, it's the magical curry pot. <laughs> yeah. we, we are we are that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, you mentioned yeah, we're the melting pot. It was like very clear. Like yeah. the the early on the the Seattle one was like really interesting. The Seattle one was basically it was the first one that you could actually see the virus evolving in real time in Seattle, the Seattle area, and then that spreading across. There were like other viruses coming into the United States directly from China. There were some that come from Europe, but they're from all over. And then for example, the, the one in Seattle is the one that actually, we, I don't know exactly how, but somehow it made it to that uh, Grand Princess cruise. Oh, So the Grand Princess cruise virus yeah. was clearly one that came from Seattle. Mm. So somehow early on that thing came from Seattle and ended up in the Grand Princess Cruise. Wow. Wow. Although the guy they identified, the original person who actually died, is a person who lives in Sonoma County and went to that cruise. And then after he got off the cruise, he died. As a woman, I think she died. Wow. And then they were alerted after this person died. Hey, maybe we should check. So the people who got sick afterwards from the next cruise. So there's a cruise that went to Mexico and then the, the same ship went on a cruise to Hawaii. And then the people who went to Hawaii were the people who actually got alerted and then it then became a shit show. You know. Oh, the one, is that the one that went to Japan? No, one, the Japan. That's a different ship. Hawaii Japan connection is uh, from. Yeah, that's a different one. Oh, there was a ship, right? That went to that was in Japan that was docked in Japan for a while. No, no, no. no that, that's a different one. That's that's. A oh, that's even a different ship. Oh no, there are two, two, two famous cruises. Yeah. So there are they're, two famous cruises. That's what, they're infamous. Oh, that's one that was the Grand Princess, and the other one was the Diamond Princess. Yeah, that's mm. right. So the yeah. Grand Princess is the SF based one that finally docked in yeah. Oakland and got everybody off in Oakland. And yes. then the the one in Japan was the Diamond Princess that was docked forever. There was mm. I think came from Hong Kong and ended up ended up in Yokohama and it was there for a long time until it made things and it got I guess people got worse on the ship right even if they were yeah but we learned a lot from that cruise mm-hmm. because eventually everybody got you know so so the reason we know that they're asymptomatic people is because of that cruise so. So basically, the Japanese ended up te- testing absolutely every single person on that ship. And the US CDC went there because I saw the paper in this journal called Morbidity, Mor- Morbidity Mortality Weekly Report. <laughs> I <laughs> want that. <laughs> Where do I get my copies? Jeez. It's what free online. You get actually. Okay. Okay. It's like have, the greatest really, title really ever. Boring, but in this case, they were like, oh, now everybody's interested in it. But I was like, yeah. But they, they actually report on all I want a t shirt. Do they have a t shirt? <laughs> MMWR. It's like it's kind of famous in the in the disease monitoring community. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so that's crazy. So wow. anyway, so in that journal they 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 tested everybody and then they figure out okay, not everybody who is uh, who we test shows any symptoms whatsoever. So that's how they know. And there's another 
city in a small town in Italy, uh, a city called Vo, V-O. Is, is that Northern Italy? That yeah, Northern Italy. hearing about? Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like a second. And then this, this guy from, I think it was Imperial College from the UK, from London, when he's actually Italian, but he went and tested absolutely everybody in the town. And that's how he figured out, oh, wow, there are all these people that show up that are, that are basically um, not showing symptoms, but they have really, really high virus titers. So they have really, really large amounts of the virus. Wow. But they were infecting their own families. So basically they show, <laughs> this is like, everybody in their household was getting infected eventually. So there's like one person and eventually everybody, the entire household becomes infected. So by this person who is not symptomatic. So that was a problem. So I think those two are the key things that were found that make sure that people are okay. That's like the two lines of evidence from actual observation. So do you think the diamond diamond princess was, um, that wasn't, that wasn't like a hidden experiment, was it? By any chance? I mean, they kept everybody. It's not on. a hidden experiment. It's like, I think it's a, a problem of jurisdiction and legal. And you know, have you seen? You saw Shin Godzilla, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was a problem of Japanese bureaucracy. Uh... <laughs> but 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 ultimately, it actually helped science. Then, right? It actually helped science ultimately. Yeah, in a way, yes, in, in a way. But it's like here we are actually the the problem is also because you know. The, the ship, I think, was a British flagship, so Japan has no jurisdiction over it. So they couldn't actually make anybody do anything. Most of them are not Japanese citizens. So there are a whole bunch of different jurisdiction problems. And then the Japan doesn't have a centers for disease control. Oh, they don't. Oh. No, hmm. they don't have. They have a center for infectious diseases, but they don't have a like a American style or Chinese style center for disease control which is basically a, a government organization which is dedicated only to monitoring whatever disease may come up and stuff like that. So they're kind of embedded in all these different kind of ministries and different organizations, but they don't have a basically a dedicated, basically a dedicated unit, a, a part of government, institute from within the government to do this. Do you this think they're going to have one now? I think they will probably okay, do this. Thank you. But they actually, Japan had like a lot of problems <laughs> because of, you know, everybody tries to be polite in Japan. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, yeah. for example, in Japan had a biosafety level of four lap. That's the highest level of biosafety. Mm-hmm. But they never had any single biosafety level four organism in there because all the people around that area were complaining. So they never, they basically they built a lab that they never used for that purpose. That's a Japanese NIMBY. <laughs> not in my backyard um, yeah. <laughs> do you think um because SARS never had a well, and MERS I guess never had an actual vaccine do you think there's going to be a vaccine for COVID-19 I don't know I don't have any I, I, I don't I don't know for a fact that it will be something that is that will be a good vaccine because yeah as you said you know there has never been a vaccine for MERS or SARS yeah, you to- you actually yeah, told seven- me that, so I- that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, you actually like told me seventeen that, but... years, right? Seventeen years that we had time to make it, but I don't know is whether it's because of lack of effort, because people says, okay, SARS it went away by itself, sort of by isolation and stuff like that. We could get it out of the, uh, out of the world, and then it's like we don't have to do anything about this anymore. 
or we can just do it. But this is a pro general problem of US virology. US is basically the biggest funder of biomedical sciences in the world right now, still, but not by much. I think China just overtook it this last year. But um, so the problem the US is like people, there's, okay, they're interested in a particular virus when it's causing the disease. But then it's like people lose interest in funding this thing, maybe like three or four years later. So then right. it's like they wait until the next thing comes. So like in, 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 in the 1990s, there was like eight uh, 1980s, 1990s, 90% of American virology became HIV, right. HIV right. research. And everybody else who was working on other viruses was suffering because they were not getting money. They could not keep their jobs and stuff like that. So, you know, there was very little other virology. Right. And then it's like, then SARS came up and then people for a short time were interested in coronaviruses for about three to four years and they lost interest. And then it was like pandemic influenza when the H1N1 came up, then it's like people sure. were interested in that. And then it's like lost interest again. And then there was like Zika and there was yeah. sorry, first Ebola, people are interested in Ebola and then Zika and Zika kind of disappeared on its own. So, okay, we don't care about this anymore. And but it's like, you cannot maintain. So if you want to have preparedness, you have to have a variety of things. You have to support a little bit of everything because you don't know what's going to come up. Right. So you should be ready for all the reasonable things that you can guess that you might be want to be ready for. So that's a fundamental problem of, it's a little bit better in Europe, but this is the problem. And also virology became sort of like a less interesting thing people when once the people did the human genome everybody wanted to do work on human genome kind of things and neuroscience right. and like that so, so virology hopeful, became sort of like yeah. the like oh the, sorry how hopeful are you in the your own your own vial of magic i don't know it's like i'm gonna give it a try but it's like i think it's like if enough people around the world give different tries and different people will try things i'm sure thing like i think it's like a lot of it is that people when sars came around People didn't care so much. There were not so many people who cared. And also right. vaccines are typically something that don't make money in the first place. Mm. So compared to, you know, drugs for cancer, especially, or for heart disease and things like that, you know, medical procedures that are expensive or like, or very common, like for diabetes, obesity, and things like that, those make a lot of money. But for vaccines don't make a whole lot of money. Yeah, but this one right here is the jackpot, man. <laughs> you know, this one is yeah. it. I mean, I think I think people realize how expensive this thing is. Like, I mean, just but look at the stimulus: yeah. two point two trillion. You have to just to spend like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. But if, just to, if that's if, not if even causing taking account of damage, right? If your if your therapy, what do you call it? Your your own magic Gerald juice works. They're going to make statues of you around the world. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? There's going to be like, we're going to make action figures. Luke will make a toy of you. It'll we're work. Gonna sell it in Giant oh, we can talk to Dub. We can talk to Dub yeah, about it. It's that. going to be amazing. I'll, I'll, you'll no, make a pin of me and Giant Robot then. We'll make a pin, but there's going to be a Sofubi, yeah. man. We're going to have a Sofubi yeah. doll made in Japan and yep. China. It doesn't matter. Yep. And it's going to be amazing. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of amazing though. You're you're in a situation where you could actually cure the world with what you're making. Oh, did you? I can't do shit. Like, Luke, <laughs> what can you do to save the world? Uh, nothing. Anything. I'm fucking useless. Yeah. But <laughs> useless too. You're actually a person that can do something, which is um, 
I'm honored to talk to you about that. Yeah. Well, uh, how do you feel about like the comments from like Dr. Peter Holtz, who was basically saying that like, you know, um, they could have had like a vaccine ready for this, you know, for coronaviruses, I guess, but because of the cutting, uh, because of the things that you're saying, he was on like, he was on Joe Rogan uh, last week. Um, uh-huh, I didn't he, see it. Yeah. And, and he, but before that, he was like at a Senate hearing kind of talking about that, like, we could have been ready for this, but because of cutting to uh, the funding to his the, the research yeah. that you know he was associated. Yeah. I, I can I can tell you like this. Uh, I can tell you like a story that is very LA story. Yeah. Like uh, LA story is like this. So the the world's expert in coronaviruses is this guy called Michael Lai. Yeah. Michael M C Lai, who was at the USC School of Medicine. You know, like where the East LA Interchange. Mm-hmm. You know the LA County Hospital. Yeah. Oh, yeah so yeah, that yeah. place, you know that that place is like where most of the coronavirus molecular biology was worked out. How the coronavirus actually worked was actually worked out there. Mm. And this guy Michael Lai, he was basically he got money, uh, and then it's basically he had this grant that lasted from 1990 to 2003, and that was like very well funded because his work was really good. But then they decided. Well, coronaviruses actually are not a major, there's no medical need for it. It's like we, it doesn't, it doesn't cause any major human disease. So we're going to stop funding him. So he lost his funding in 2003. Mm-hmm. He kind of moved over to hepatitis C virus initially because he was not able to fund his coronavirus research. And then he left in 2003 after he lost uh, the, his, his funding. He went to Taiwan, mm. but in 2003, later that year, then, you know, SARS came SARS, up. Right. Yeah. But it's basically people said, okay, it doesn't have, there's not much medical need for this thing because we don't know any human disease yet. Mm. So that's basically like, you know, that's, but that was a, you know, that was, you know, the best coronavirus research in the world was going mm. on there at USC. Wow. Uh, you know, they just decided not to fund it. So what do you do now? Like you go, you go back to work maybe today or tomorrow, let's say, uh, are you still working on the same thing or are you working on something different? Or no, 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 no. I'm still working on the same thing. These things actually take time. This is like, it's not a fast thing. You have to, uh, you're, I mean, like, like when you build, let's say a car, you make one part, you make the engine one day, you have to, have to put the other things in and you have to put the other thing. And then once you have it all made, you have to test it and I said, oh my God, there's a defective part here. I have to switch this thing out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so right now like we're, one of the things is completely made. The other part we actually have to do that basically, we have to still switch a couple parts out to fix the problems there and there. And then, um, and then we're doing testing to see how well it works. And once we know that it works, then we can actually say, okay, we have something and then we can share it with people. So are scientists in like from different laboratories and communicate with each other concerning this? Um... Yeah, there have been like uh, some Slack groups and stuff like that. And there's like... Uh, What's a Slack I'm, group? Slack, Slack is basically a... It's software. It's right? a, it's a piece of software. software. Yeah, it's basically like, it's basically like a, it's like a chat group kind of thing. Okay. It's like a Facebook group, but for work. 
Right, right. So, yeah. The way the internet was originally intended to be, right. Yeah, sort of kind of like that. So anyway, so <laughs> so basically the the couple of things and like it's like a like like when you have a Google Doc and you share it with people and stuff sure, like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, so kind of like that. So are you like chatting with people from Johnson and Johnson and you know people? Yeah, depending. Like I mean, mostly people that I know that are doing stuff, and then uh, I talk to some people in Berkeley, some mm-hmm. people across the street who actually have the virus, mm-hmm. some people who are you know yeah various people who are sort of in the space but it's basically people that, that were my friends already before mm. and and things. but because the, the actual number of people who are actually working on coronavirus before mm. is like tiny right yeah right. and they're like and they were relegated to not so great places like iowa and mm. you know and things like that because it's really hard to like for example you know because it was not fashionable it would be very difficult for somebody to get basically a, a position, a, a position to be a professor in Stanford or Berkeley to be, uh, or UCSD working on coronaviruses because it's like, okay, this coronavirus, we, uh, nobody cares about. Right. So then it's like, it was, it was kind of not, it didn't look good. Right. People didn't care. So then it's like, you know, now it becomes important. Everybody's going to jump on it because it's also a good thing that everybody jumps on it because everybody's going to try to solve this problem, right? Because it became a major problem. Mm-hmm. But that's reactive rather than yeah. proactive. Right. right. So, what do you think of this um, new thing in LA, at least Los Angeles? Well, maybe the country wear a mask, and and then it's mm. not a good mask. You're supposed to just wear a bandana, uh. right? Is the bandana going to stop microparticles? Well. Because that's what's helps, kind of the okay. worry, isn't it? What my, they're, they're meant, the word microparticle came into the news like two days ago. It was never mentioned, right? Now it's microparticles. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I don't think, I mean, those things are tiny. So isn't that going to go <laughs> right through fabric? Yes and no. The, the thing is like, if you're eliminate, okay, this is the thing. Let's say your N95 mask, your N95 mask is going to remove 95% of them. You know, it's still five percent chance of this thing going through, right? What? Yeah, really? yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's not that ninety-five percent. So ninety-five meant ninety-five percent. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, how come they don't just make a M one hundred? Well, to be absolutely sure, like because because the way you make the 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 pores and stuff like that, you make a material. You don't make uniform holes. You just make mesh, and it's like okay. So then it's like, if, if I make a mesh of this average size, I'm going to get rid of 95% of Dude, the particles. Of the I got a business idea. Let's go in on it. M97 masks. We're, we're, we got this. <laughs> me, and, we got well, this. Me, actually, you, <laughs> me, you, and Luke, we're, we got this business called 97. M97. So there are filters that are 100% pretty much. What is that? that that's just, like a, what, HEPA, uh, like that's just a bottle over your head so you can no air gets in and you die. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's very, actually almost there. You're almost got okay. it. So there, a genius. I'll, I'll, I'll show you like a, there is a BBC like video of a, of a Korean, a South Korean ICU. And you're going to see the nurses that work in there and the nurses and doctors that work in the Korean ICU. They were basically a full, closed, basically... Um, transparent respirator, but these are called powered respirators. And they have like these so-called HEPA filters. The HEPA filters will filter everything that like viral 
particle size. So for example, some of the equipment that we use, we use HEPA filters that are that will filter anything that's the virus size. Mm. So basically, most of these viruses are something like um, less than 100 nanometers. So these actually can filter down to about 40, 30 nanometers, depending on which ones you get. But you can actually filter all of the stuff out. But it's because if you have to have this like really, really fine mesh, it's going to be really hard for you to breathe. So you have to generate yeah. a lot of pressure in order to be able to breathe through those things. So those are actually power respirators. So they actually run with wow. lithium ion batteries, which are pretty heavy. And they only work as long as the battery is powering. Wow. So they're actually, basically they're enclosed. You have it, your, your head is inside it. And then it's basically, yeah, I've, I've used those things before. I mean, they're pretty, you know, clunky to work with. But right now, like my friends up the street who are actually working with the coronavirus, they're using that for the lab. Mm. Wow. So, but what about a bandana? Like that's what they're suggesting or anything. They're oh, yeah, saying, if you actually have multiple layers, you're probably going to get like, uh, my guess is like you're getting like 70% of it out depending on how you, you put it. In. So it's actually helpful. It's like, it is it's, helpful. Definitely, okay. it's definitely helpful. It's definitely helpful, but it's not going to be as good as an N95 mask. So but, how, but how late are we to the game? Studies. I mean, we're so late. We, we... <laughs> this is just two days ago to wear a mask. Like, what? Where was this? Like a month ago? Ah, okay. Did they not believe? So the Chinese <laughs> had data on it. The Chinese had data on it. That they actually it was mentioned already. You know, and there's like I can I can send you an interview to the to the Chinese head, but the but the the head of the Chinese Center for Disease Control. He was saying it's a big big mistake of Western countries not using masks. The masks actually remove a lot. And actually, there was a clinical, there was a clinical trial about, you know, I think about three years ago or so that actually compared N95 masks and surgical masks for flu and healthcare workers. And they, they had like 2,900 or so uh, subjects that they actually checked. Mm -hmm. And N95 masks and surgical masks were performing statistically indistinguishable from each other. They're about the same inefficiency. Because mm. the majority of these things are like, you know, like basically your spitball, but smaller from your cough, from your sneeze, from just talking. This thing is just flying around. And there are all these videos now that you can actually see that. Sure. I, I saw the broken. NHK video, right? The NHK one. Yeah. And it yeah. just shows two people talking and that whole room is filled with microparticles. Yeah. That's crazy. Mi I mean, just micro droplets. Yeah. 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 Droplets. It's micro, but the whole room is filled with it. And, and you, you know, they're both just you're breathing it no matter what. It's like you're yeah. making out. <laughs> yeah. So tiny, like, tiny, you... tiny little bits. Basically, Luke, I have your saliva in me, Luke. <laughs> and Gerald, I have you yours. Too. And you yeah. too, Gerald. Right now, point. I think that a Zoom is more difficult, but, you know. <laughs> but, uh, okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but everyone so, who's... Uh, do, yeah. you, do you think, um, so do you think, I guess, your uh, a vaccine will be... I mean, you're, it's a guess, but I mean, are, do you think a vaccine is going to be done on time versus us just us, Honest, just, honestly, us just accepting this thing and everyone gets it and we all live through it type of thing? Or, you know what I'm saying? I, I honestly don't know. You have no idea, huh? I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, can, I, can't, I can't say but, one way or the other. But do you, have, like, do, you have a, do you have a guess? I think people are going to try harder and try more sophisticated ways to, to try to make a vaccine. 
But I think it's like people have to fail a lot also, because I think the easy way, easy things that people have tried, people are retrying them without knowing because they don't know the history. There's like the entire SARS and coronavirus uh, stuff is like really obscure in the sense that not many people were paying attention to it. And a lot of people go, okay, this is the standard normal way that we make a vaccine. We're going to make it again like that and it should work. It, and you actually see all these like University of Pittsburgh, a bunch of other places, they say they, they have a vaccine. And the company, a bunch of companies like Moderna and Novia says, we made a vaccine in two hours or three hours. But no, no, you just made something that allows you to try it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. Mm. Just because you make something, it doesn't mean it's going to work. Mm -hmm. So until you know it's going to work, that's basically when people talk, the fastest it can possibly be is like a year to 18 months to to have it tried out, know that it works and, you know, produce in sufficient amounts that you can start giving to people. Because not just, you know, showing that it can work in the lab, you have to give it to people in doses that are big enough that people's immune responses are going to be good enough. Mm. You know, you also have to make it somewhere, right? right. A lot of it, right? Billions yeah, pieces. a lot of it. So... Yeah. How long do you think realistic, like based on the information, because you obviously have a lot of information or you've ingested a lot of information about this virus. How long realistically do you think we're going to have to continue self-quarantining? Well, the self-quarantining, I think is like, it might be, you know, I think it's like, if we did it right, like the Chinese did it, I think as like, they have shown that you can do it in less than two months, right? Mm. I mean, they, it's clear from what you see there and also from the South Koreans that in two months, you can bring it under control. After you bring it under control, then you have to do what's called contact tracing. Mm. It's not a very high tech kind of thing, mm. but it has a high tech component, which is the testing part. Mm. So basically I said, okay, I'm gonna follow this person and have this person, who did this person contact? Who could be possibly like, and then you test every single person that basically came in contact with this person. Mm -hmm. And then if necessary, quarantine these people, if you find something coming up, that's how we would normally deal with this kind of thing. Right. So probably I would think, for example, in California, you would have the California Department of Health or LA County Department of Health <clears throat> would have to generate these large teams that whenever something shows up, they just get on it and mm -hmm. quarantine these people and then this you can, and then you keep doing this enough, you might bring the entire thing under control. Hmm. So, so basically, like first you have to let it kind of stop, and have like almost zero transmission, like what they have in China right now. Right. And then you, if you were to be able to do this like worldwide, you could actually eliminate the disease altogether. Right. If this thing that I told you before doesn't happen. With, this is possibly that you have persistent infection. Mm. That's the, the person has the virus and every once in a while it pops up. Then you have no control over it. Mm. Then you just keep, it keeps coming back and there's going to be no way for you to manage when the entire population is like, it's like if you were trying to try to chase everybody's cold sore around. <laughs> right? <laughs> everybody who has got a cold sore, now we have to quarantine everybody who has known them. There's going to be too many of them. You're not going to be able to physically do it. Right. So if it becomes like that and it's like that, the thing is like, we don't know enough about this virus. I mean, right. this virus has literally been in humans probably now we're like April. Yeah. So Five probably months. has been in humans, you know, six months. 
Six months. Six months. Yeah. So you're it's saying November. like that it the first like the patient zero could have came up in like October of last year. No, November, November maybe. Yeah. November. Probably okay. November most likely. October, November, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we, we can tell from the how the genes mutate and how fast they mutate. We can kind of guesstimate when mm. it happened. Mm. And there's basically, we guesstimate it to be like <clears throat> October, November. And do you think it came from someone like eating a bat? No, I don't think it's, it's mm-hmm. like somebody eating a bat. So we have, it's, we have like multiple <laughs> You mean bat sushi? Huh? Bat sushi. No, I, don't, I, I don't think it's like bat sushi, but it's basically like probably somebody. So... What people are really, really looking for is, uh, you probably heard this thing about the pangolins. Yeah, I heard yeah. the pangolin. Yeah. yeah. So the pangolin thing, like, because people think that the pangolin might have been the intermediary host. So mm. there's, there's like the, the animal in between that transmitted. So I can tell you a story of another virus called Nipah virus. Nipah virus is like way more lethal than, uh, than, than SARS-CoV-2. Nipah virus was killing, I think like, initially was killing everybody. And then became about, or I think roughly a third to half of the people who got infected. So mm. this other virus is basically, how, how did this happen? It actually came from fruit bats. But the fruit bats never transmitted to the humans directly. And, uh, and the first people thing noticed is these pig farmers were getting this. And then mm. pig farmers were, you know, getting this encephalitis, like the brain swelling. Mm. And they get brain swelling and fever and they die. So this, there was like, oh, this is really weird. So they thought it's something to do with the pigs. It turns out that it was like much more complicated. It's the, the pig, the, the bats, they're at the edge of the pig pens mm-hmm. in the trees. They poop. It drops into the pen of the pig. The mm-hmm. pig get infected and the pig infects the human. Mm. Wow. But if you infect directly from the, from the bat to human, it doesn't happen very readily. It doesn't mm. work very well, but mm. if it goes through the pig, it infects the human very readily. Wow. Mm. So the, the pig added something that basically we right. actually know what it is. Mm. It's like uh, they basically, it made the virus, it coated the virus with a bunch of sugars. Oh. And it went through the pig. Sweet. And that's what allowed it. Yeah, it sweetened the deal. <laughs> wow, this is like you know that's science humor. You should do stand-up science humor, <laughs> just scientist humor. Wow. So you you think maybe like a couple more? Like uh, I think Bill Gates came out and was saying ten weeks or something like ten more weeks. Yeah, I mean, people are actually, it really depends how well people stay at home. They're not doing a good job. No, they're not. not they, 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 I guess. Actually, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Numbers, LA was the worst in California. For what? San Diego is better. Bay Area is better. LA is not so good. Actually, LA oh, is mean, basically the liability. The numbers? By the numbers, you mean? Just yeah, how many in terms cases? of how well the, the, you're flattening the curve. Oh, yeah. No, it's, I mean, I think. Is it uh, stuff like, is it Florida and New Orleans are really rushing up fast now? Yeah, they're going to overtake they're California. Doing terrible. Actually, yeah, they're doing really bad. The, you know, right Georgia up, will be next. So there's a, there's a system that exists that, um, you know, the hospital thermometers um, send their, their readings to basically to a website. And then they look at anomalies, basically unusual numbers of fever 
in, and then it's basically, they saw unusual number of fevers in Florida after spring break. Wow. Nice. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course. God, I see that coming. There's like, so in California, it's an unusually low number of fevers now. But that's probably mm. because you killed off the flu also. Mm. So because people are doing, you know, because people are staying away from each other, they're also not passing the flu around. So you, and also people are trying to avoid hospitals, obviously, right now. So then you don't get readings. But if you get bad enough in Florida, you know, people are seeing you go to hospitals in Florida. That is wow. like people are getting. So when the numbers are in, it means you're really fucked. Like you're in a bad situation because that means you're at the Probably hospital right now. Oh, Given the situation, yeah. that's what I would get. Because if, if you if you're sitting here, if you're sweating with a if you're sweating with a 100 degree fever, you're at home, so there's no readings for you. Yeah. Um, or if you go to the um, hospital and get your reading, as like and it looks, oh, I know you have a lot of them showing up in the ER. I think most of the people who are gonna show up in the ER now are gonna be for something fairly serious. Yeah. So I in the think future, people are gonna catch. What's what's the way to prevent this? Is it just don't don't eat duck? Stop eating duck, everybody. Stop, Stop eating, eating chicken. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think eating duck is the problem. <laughs> the problem is that you have to you have to have a good monitoring system. And I mean, of course, kill every bat. Don't... Let's just kill all the bats everywhere. No more bats. That's not okay. That you might actually have a different virus coming up if you do that. So you remember, there's like this dengue fever. Yes, mm-hmm. that comes from what a oh. bug that a bat would eat or something. Yeah, and the, the bugs would be eaten by the bats that keep the dengue numbers down. So you have the mosquitoes. Damn it! Yeah, so, you need the bats. I mean, getting rid of bats is probably not going to be the, the basically. There, there's two major things. One is human encroachment. Humans are expanding their agricultural area. So basically, the the one in in the the Nipah virus one would actually be the pigs. That's basically people going to the jungle and making the pig pen like right next to the jungle. So mm-hmm. then it's like the tree is next to it. And then it can can drop it, but if no humans... trees next to the farms, kill cut down every tree. No, it's basically like also okay, this, it's not also work. not good because like basically it's not work either. If you make the if you make the animals escape from the from the from the small patches of forest, then you also can. So, so for example, there's like a there's a bunch of viruses that happened in Brazil. They were in Brazil. One of the more viruses, Contagolo virus. Yeah. Those actually escape vaccines that evolve in the jungle, and as people encroach into the jungle, people got infected by those. Well, at least at least it's not an Asian virus; it's a Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, actually, like people can actually trace that back to a vaccine. Yes, mm. at least it goes okay. And then I, I the one the one happy thing I have out of this conversation is well, not happy, but I mean, this Asian virus thing isn't new, right? The flu shot you said it comes from. Basically, China, right? The yeah, it's, it's whatever's in China. Yeah, we it's it's been an Asian virus all along. <laughs> There's tons you of know. Asian viruses, and there there are African viruses. Like for example, there's, but the flu shot is the flu shot is Asian. Yeah, man, middle We've country, baby, middle We've country. Been We've been yeah. here. <laughs> we yeah, infiltrated the, flu shot is the world, Asian, essentially. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, that's more bad it's news. Always been, there, there's been agriculture. Luke, Luke, should we just 
just beat ourselves up at this point? <laughs> I it, I don't think I think you're fine, Eric. It's it's you know I think the Chinese people should stand up and just take the blame for everything. You know what? There should be videos of Chinese people slapping themselves in the face, and then everybody just put it up. There'll be a billion videos of Chinese people doing that, and there'll be no more violence against Asian people. No, no, pre, no. Redone it, right? <laughs> no, okay. no, no, no. Actually, you know, it's uh, like uh, you know, like people uh, didn't used to care. Yeah, but yeah. it's big news now. Yeah. yeah, I know it's big news now, but people become you know, like people used to not care because the the viruses used to be called before you know after the place where they were found first. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Ebola is the Ebola River. But so the this cousin is actually, of Ebola is Marburg, is in Germany, because so this the is actually of virology where it showed up. Huh? It's this. This is actually the Wuhan virus, right? But so yeah, Donald people Trump was right. In the old days, people will probably call it the Wuhan coronavirus. So Donald Trump was right. No, no. Oh, no. it's like people moved no. away from no. the standard because he was calling it the China virus. He wasn't calling it the Wuhan virus. He did for a while, and then he probably forgot what Wuhan meant. <laughs> <laughs> it was like China, China. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, like, yeah, there, there was a actually there. There's a funnier virus. Well, not funnier virus. So <laughs> funnier, that, see, there's that science humor again. <laughs> so, so there's a there's a science humor story of around 1993. There was a big drought because there was a La Nina year, and oh, yeah. it, what's that? Opposite of El Nino, you know, El Nino years when we get a lot of rain in Southern California. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So there's the opposite called La Nina years, where you have drought. Mm-hmm. So when in that that year, like there was a drought, uh, I think it was ni- 1993, and then there was a virus that showed up in an Indian reserve, Navajo Indian reservation. Whoa! And then it, it killed. Initially, it was killing 100% of people, and then it and it came from these. Um, you know, North American funny, huh? mice. Hmm? And this is funny, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, no, listen, listen what happens with the name. So anyway, so the, the virologists, they found it in this place called um, uh, Muerto Canyon. This oh, no. Muerto Canyon. <laughs> so they want to call it Muerto Canyon virus. But then the Navajo, the, basically the Navajo didn't like that. So they said, okay, we're going to call it the Four Corner virus because this is the Four Corners, like New Mexico, you know, that four, the Four Corners. So then people complained, there's like, you know, you should not call four coronavirus. So then it's like the, the virologist got frustrated. And it's like, we're going to call it sin nombre virus. And you know what sin nombre means in Spanish? No, name. no, but it's a movie. What's it? No name. <laughs> they call it. So, so officially that virus called sin nombre virus. It means no name. No name. No name. No wow. name virus because they got frustrated because they couldn't use any name. Wow. <laughs> so they're fine, we're going to call it this. And they wow. did, and they did it in Spanish to make it sound like it's from Mexico. <laughs> it's completely a sham. Yeah. That's so us. Do you see this other thing on BBC that is like the the Mexicans want to close the border so the, yeah. north, so the U.S. North uh, like Americans do not go. So they're so they're going to pay for the wall now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. They're making the Americans pay for the wall. <laughs> oh, okay. The nice. other way around. Well, they already have been. So, yeah. yeah, you know, wow, this has been great. This, yeah, thanks, Gerald. You know, freaking, yeah. yeah. But how bad is this really? Like, how much worse could this all be? Could it even be worse? 
Yeah. It could I mean, be worse. I mean, I mean, this is bad, but is could it be way worse? Should we be thankful of anything? Or are we just like... <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's like, I mean, I think we're not going to reach the... Okay, if we thought that it was going to be as bad as Italy or France or Spain, they're getting about around 10% death rates. Right. So they're getting 10% lethality because they're, they're, they're basically their, their healthcare system is overwhelmed. I read the things in the Spanish news that are like... This guy knows Spanish, by the way. To, you know Spanish? Wow. Yeah. I was born in Madrid. Oh, Okay. Nice. Yeah, this guy's he's he's look look at him. He's from Spain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so yeah, you're thinking it's not going to be as bad as uh North Italy or or uh whatever. Well, if, if we don't if we don't do the social distancing right and manage things right, we can get to that point. It's like I mean, if you if you get those rates, that that'll be like something like three hundred thirty million people in the united states if you have like if if you don't do things right you can end up with 33 million people dead and it's like for example my friends in madrid are telling me every single person personally knows somebody who has died wow basically virtually every person knows personally knows somebody else who has died from this right so if you get to that point it's gonna be like if, if one of every 10 people is dying from this yeah. and then, and also like it seems to be that you know the initial thing that we used to that we were thinking that only the old people are being affected yes most of the old people are being affected but now it's like this come to the u.s now you're you're hearing you know little children getting right. it and dying there was like some teenager in la that died right mm. and there's like there's like i see reports everywhere i mean they're not such huge number but that means that nobody's immune are we going to really do you, do you believe in that 100,000 number for the United States? You know, they said 100,000 people are going to die. 200,000. I, I think that's a that's kind of an optimistic really number, yeah. Where are we at now? Isn't it like it's under 10,000, right? No, we're at the, oh, no, no, we're much higher than that. In terms Case. of deaths? I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. I I mean like we've already I, I don't know. I mean, let me let me look. I, and, I, and it and and it just seems like Los Angeles be, is I, huh? I don't. Yeah, I don't know exactly the numbers that we. It just seems like Los Angeles's numbers are not as high as I thought it would be at this point. Yeah, like I thought we we'd be higher. <clears throat> I mean, you have to thank Gavin Newsom, right, but, for getting the statewide, you know, shelter in place order early. Yeah, it was late anyway, in my opinion. But okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yes, it, it can always be earlier. Early, okay. It was early <clears throat> for white. It was early for white man, but not for Asian man. Yeah, that, that that's I think that's a that's a fair assessment. Because I was I was like, why is this happening? Why are we out? Why is a marathon happening in Los Angeles? Like, why are they running a marathon on uh, March eighth? You know, and I was thinking yeah. we sh- they sh- that should not be happening. I mean, right? it's like I think it was very I think it's like to me it was very clear like the end of January that this was going to happen sooner or later, and we should get our get our act together. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like that was it was clear that like. It seems like the Germans also prepared early on. I see some reports that the Germans were trying to ramp up testing, get everything ready uh-huh. at their hospitals, yeah, sure. fill their hospitals with ventilators and PPE, but they still were not, they couldn't get it in time. But it's still better to be prepared than not, right? Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like... I mean, so 
are we going to be okay? That's the question. Yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. I think if we, I think I think we'll we behave, we're going to be okay. I also think we'll be fine. behave as a society. I mean, like, you know, this I mean, is coming in from San Diego. I feel that people are doing all the right things. Like, for example, the numbers are low. The homeless people in the convention center with good separation. You know, right. well, Comic Con's going to happen, and we're all going to then go there and die <laughs> in July. Yeah. Well, when you, when it comes down to Comic Con, you're going to be there. I know, man. We're, I'm going to get whatever <laughs> residual something. Well, they're they going to go. They're, they're going to say, "Oh, it's going to be. It lives for two months on certain surfaces. You know, the wooden tables at Comic Con. Oh, that <laughs> one. That that one's grippy, man. That virus is going to live there forever. <sighs> I honestly don't oh, think Comic Con's going to happen. I don't think so either. Do you think Comic Con will happen? Which is uh, July, mid July, I believe, or third week of July, maybe second week of July. I don't know. Probably not. Like, everybody's hoping this thing will be done by June, but you know. No, no. Yeah. I no fucking know. way. It's a hard. That's like way too many people in one place, and you know that's the <laughs> imagine that's kind of wrong <laughs> thing to do, probably. Yeah. Or if this thing yeah. is still around, and I think it's probably gonna be. Yeah, mm. I, I don't know. Everybody who's into Comic Con, Gerald Powell, scientist at Salk Center, says sorry. No, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my best guess. That's my best <laughs> I, I honestly think this entire year is just a flush. You know, like we're it's, it's fucked. You know, like until like some kind of vaccine comes comes around, like or the Gerald's therapy, whatever yeah. you want to call it. You gotta have a name oh, for this thing. Vaccine. Make make oh. a cool name for it, man. Yeah, it's such a yeah, bunk name. I, I, you have. I don't I don't have a very creative name for it. But I'll when I when, Luke's I, when really I know good it works, this. I'll ask Luke you. Luke is good at this. Luke would be a good at naming. I it. am yeah, not yeah, good okay. at names. My characters don't even have names. So like okay. I well I, yeah. I figure you title well, what's art. What's the name so, of the bear? Yeah. I still don't know the name of the bear. Doesn't have Luke? a name. It's me. It's it's me. It's basically me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find this. There's this great video that I like put on when I work that like just has all the statistics of like how many people like have been infected, how many people oh, yeah. died, how many oh, people the John Hopkins over. website. John Hopkins. Jump, yeah, that's the one that's. Uh, yeah, John yeah. Hopkins has a website that. It's no longer that little kid, 17 year old kid who made a website. Remember that it was such a big deal. Everybody kept promoting what? it. The seventeen-year-old kid, like that? he made one, and then now it's like nobody cares about that anymore. It's John Hopkins. <laughs> is that oh, is no. it a YouTube stream? Because I, I was looking at this YouTube, YouTube stream. stream. No, yeah. it's just a it's a John Hopkins website that uh, has statistics uh, worldwide. But uh, oh. there's a there's a whole bunch of them. There's a UW one. There is a yeah. yeah. See, this is the one that I've been looking at. It's this weird kind of like stream and it has all these numbers and maps and everything like that um you know <laughs> yeah geez i mean we've had like sixty nine thousand deaths but that's worldwide yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i don't know i don't know how many is here but is it it's over ten thousand? that's already uh, too many um i'm waiting for them to get back to america and i'll, I'll let you know <laughs> wow you know and it, it yeah. has really somber, quiet music playing on in the background. So it can just work, oh, you know, wow. like a more <laughs> stylish version. So it allows yes. it to work. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, like, I'm really into the study beats. And so, like, you know, like, what, which yeah. I play when I'm working. And then I'll, you know, now I've been switching it up with this guy, you know, yeah. which is, you know. So do you go back to work today, Gerald? Yeah, we're probably going to go uh, in the evening. 
how many i mean how many hours are you working on this is it like desperation or are you just kind of like well, some, going some at the, the well we, just, we, yeah. we try to do as much as we can but certain things require time for example when you when you make stuff you the you have to grow up bacteria they have to grow up to make the dna that you have to use and then you can you cannot accelerate that that takes like 18 hours to grow so you have to wait for it you just put in the afternoon oh. you come the next day and and pick it up from there but there are or things you put into cells, it takes like three or four days until this thing. So, but we're trying also to minimize the, you know, uh, we're trying to be good citizens and minimize contact and maintain social distancing at work. So we're actually trying to go there as little as possible, but right. still get all the stuff done. Because uh, I keep thinking of, uh, is it David Banner, the Hulk? You know, like mm -hmm. everything he did was <laughs> no, like, you do Banner, something. No? Or is it? Is it Bruce Banner, David Banner? Bruce Banner, that. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. Yeah. But every time he did something, he could look in the microscope and that thing's moving. And he's like, oh shit, it's happening, right? <laughs> but for you guys, for the reality is you do something, you're like, fuck, be back in 18 hours, see what happened. Yeah. Well, I, okay. I so not much desperation because that guy had, he was sweating, like desperate, trying to do stuff, you know? Well, here, here's yeah. the question anyway, I have. Guess not. How do you get the DNA? Is it DNA or RNA that you put inside the uh, the shell of a um, so the, HIV uh, virus? So we we actually put DNA into cells, mm -hmm. and the stuff that goes into the viral the into the into the viral vector that's mm -hmm. actually RNA. So we actually right. use the cell to make the RNA that goes actually into this, and then we and the the tube that you saw is basically the the viral vector, the actual virus that contains the RNA inside. So how do you get the RNA inside the virus? Oh, so this has something called a packaging signal. Mm -hmm. So the, the viral components, there are a bunch of proteins that make the shell. Mm -hmm. And the shell has a component that recognizes this little sequence, mm -hmm. has a specific, specific sequence. Um, and then we make the DNA that contains that specific sequence. And when it gets made, it automatically goes in there. Wow. So that's basically like that. That's a, that's how the virus is like. So we just use the features that it already had. So how do you then, neuter a bunch of HIV? Ah, we remove most of those genes. And there's, it's, it's not like some weird nanotech thing, is it? Or <laughs> it is kind of like, I mean, this is, this technology was first made in its very original form in 1996. Mm -hmm. And it kept improving until around. 2002 2003 and then was by 10 it was pretty mature and since then it has had like you can add more things to it a little bit but it doesn't has not changed that much since then mm. so for about you know eight years people just kept making big improvements in safety and and in design and stuff like that and after that that has been like you know you add some bells and whistles for particular use or you know there has not mm. been that much then it's basically like using the stuff, but you know, it's mm. like when, when people in computers, okay, people came up with x86. Now it's like, okay, we're just going to make it faster and stuff like that, or make mm. it cleaner or make it something like that. But the essential design is the same. Mm. So, yeah. Um, question before we run or let you go or whatever it is. Um, can you tell me what is, what did Junko do on this? Did she work on this too? Junko? Yeah, Junko. Ogawa? Junko. So Junko, Junko does Junko art in Giant Robot too work. sometimes. Oh my God. <laughs> so Junko, Junko does art and uh, we have her in our show sometimes mm -hmm. uh, at GR2. 
And I, I know that she's worked on this too, but I had no idea what her role was. I thought you were doing it all because you know. Oh, I'm, no, I'm no, a no. Dude. I'm a dude, and I expect we're, dudes to do everything. Doing, actually, but she's done. She's. <laughs> I thought she just hold the vial or something. No, oh, she does. She does work. Okay. Gosh, yeah. Go Junko. Yeah, go Junko. Awesome. Give props to give props to Junko because uh, yeah. I will. No, she she's done the majority of the work. Awesome. Ah. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. God, she plays it so like. She knows. She plays it like she knows nothing. It's amazing. No, she knows everything. I, I believe her now. I believe Junko. I'm always like, yeah, you don't know anything. Nope. <laughs> I'm like, I guess what? Did no, you clean the knows. gloves? What did you do? You know, yeah. and she's doing the work. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. Junko Ogawa. Junko is a awesome. Junko is like a, you know, top grade molecular biologist. Really? Yeah. Oh, but she's all. But okay, so that's awesome, and it's it's rad that she has time to do art. That's crazy. That she actually gets into, you know, she's into art. She probably doesn't have much time now. Or like when we have to wait for stuff, yeah. She's just drawing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Amazing. I'm more. I'm even more honored. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. She actually has a. She she drew a picture now on, on the on COVID nineteen. Oh really? Really. Yeah. One of her pieces is a COVID nineteen. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I saw I saw it. It's a piece. It's in the it's in the show. Yeah, I saw that one. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, cool. Oh, she also had the other one, the the Japanese thing. What was it called? What do you call that thing that's on that you put on the front of your store? Oh, uh, Amabie. Yeah, Amabie. Right? Yeah. Amabie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I drew one too. So you drew one too? Well, just I just put it on my stories. That's it. Are you gonna make a Amabie pin? No. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I don't know. No one would care. But um. So it's any last things, Luke? Any any last words, Luke? You know, Anything I you think need? I think like you know most of the questions that I had were were pretty much covered. So yeah, you know, awesome. I appreciate I mean, we'll, the. We'll get more if, if if we have time. Uh, we'll get you again if we get more and more confused. Because you know, um, before you become like you know like oh. the star of the COVID world. You know? <laughs> <laughs> One last thing I have, Gerald and Junko, save us. That's all I have to say. Save us, save the world. Yes. Save us, please. We'll try somebody. This will sucks. Probably, yeah. Save us. No, fuck them. You guys do it. Right. Well, oh, we'll actually, try. you know, you know, you know what? Asians saving Asians. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, it came from Asia. It ends with Asia. Asia. Yeah. Asian American. I don't care. Yeah. Asian yeah. American. Any Asian, there you go. Yeah, any, yeah. any Asian American. Yeah. Starts in Asia. Ends with it's Asian American. Asian American. I'll yeah. take it. Nice. Like the way nice. it immigrated. Yes. <laughs> yes exactly take care of no. it wow well uh, you know actually that, that this kind of like you know like I, I just watched a video um and where they were kind of explain trying to explain like how covid you know or uh, 19 works you're not the hook and then like you know how like apparently like they think johnson and johnson is trying to block the virus by blocking the hooks you know, with, um, you know, yeah. like, is that like an, yeah, that's like, like, that's one of, one of the therapy attempts and things like that. Mm-hmm. And there's some, so the, the receptor of the virus is called angiotensin converting enzyme two mm-hmm. is actually, um, a target of blood pressure medicine. Mm-hmm. So this blood pressure medicine that blocks it, mm-hmm. um, people think that you could actually repurpose the blood pressure medicine, you know, certain types of them. Mm-hmm. It will block the virus from entering the cells, but it's going to be mm-hmm. hard because there's so many of them, mm-hmm. and like, and there's 
and it only needs a very, very short time to go in. So it's mm. going to be hard to flood that system. Right. So yeah, they're trying, but many people are trying. I can, I can send you a list of the things that people are trying. There's like a ton of things. Uh, another one was like, I think they were crying, trying to create, take a docile virus and give it like a hook. Um, and I don't know. It was, it was a weird video. It sounds uh, like Katamari. Yeah, kind of. Pushing a ball Just around. Pushing that ball. You know? <laughs> no, I mean, the majority of like the, the so-called, the so-called life attenuated virus is basically a mild version of the same virus. That's actually probably the most effective vaccines that we've ever had. If you can make a version of the real virus that has a bunch of mutations that doesn't allow it to grow very well in humans, and, but yet it looks very similar, then the immune response against it should be really good. So that is basically probably your best bet in terms of getting a vaccine. I think that would probably be the best possible vaccine if somebody can make one of those. Make yeah. it. Make, make it. it. Make it. Make it. Joe. Start today. <laughs> today is the day. Start today. Save us and save the world. Yeah. <laughs> end it, please. We'll try. Please end we'll it. We'll try. Thank you. That's yeah. better than I can do. <laughs> Only thing I could do is sit in here and yep. watch. Yep. All I could do is sit oh, back. You can and... inspire people with your with GR two. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll try. Mm. But thanks, Gerald. Dude, yeah, thank you, Gerald. Thank you so You're much, welcome. man. Dude, thank yeah, you for your time. You. I appreciate Good it. Talking to you guys. Thank you. No, <laughs> thank you. And the bear. All right. Robot. Thank you. And the bear. Robot and the bear. Robot and the bear. Robot and the bear. 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 Robot and the bear. Streaming. Robot and the bear, 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 robot and the bear. Robot and the bear, 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 bear